so it doesn't really matter like what the plan is supposed to be or where they should be or what they should know by now or any of that or what you had in mind for the entire season like it's great to lay that out but then it's also super important to be present and to be aware of what's going on right now so that you can teach what's relevant (laughs) in that moment and take care of what your team actually needs hello and welcome back to the mental sweet spot podcast we share stories, tips, and strategies for coaching the mental game of softball. I'm Melanie Rushing, and I'll be joined shortly by Stacey Mahoy. I brought her back for this special episode as part of our series on how to coach the mental game. We've covered many how-to topics, but we wanted to circle back around as we launch our new membership and share what we've learned and reaffirmed on this journey. We'll discuss practical tips for how to coach the mental game on the field in practice so the lessons will stick. We'll also share stories of how we've actually done it ourselves and helped our players. And today I've asked Stacey to come on the show to discuss where coaching the mental game starts with you. We talk about how to make the mental game a priority, what to do when you feel like you're not doing enough, how to focus on the core of mental training, which is the people, working on your own mental game, doing what your athletes need in the moment, and giving yourself some grace as you continue to learn. We actually talked about a lot more, but I had to split it into two episodes. So for today, you still get a nice long one. And please welcome sports mom of eight, former softball star and coach, and my parenting slash coaching slash life Yoda, Stacey Mahoy. Welcome, Stacey. Hi, Mel. It's so good to be here. We haven't had a chance to have a extended uh, personal conversation for a bit of time because we've been busy on working on other things. So I'm super excited to spend some time with you and to talk story um, about today's issues and topics. Yes. Oh, listeners, just buckle your seatbelts because maybe you're driving, but also metaphorically because this is going to be a good one. (laughs) Uh, So we're going to talk about mental training in general and how to make it a priority. Because I know we all talk about how softball is 90% mental and it's a big buzzword now. And we talk about things like the process. We talk about goal setting. We talk about visualization. But I feel like we still talk about it as if it's an exercise to add on to the practice plan or something Mm. to add more time (laughs) because we have so much of it, right? Something else (laughs) to add. So it just feels like this extra thing and this burden when really it doesn't have to be that way. So Stacey, Mm -hmm. (laughs) tell me your perspective on what coaching the mental game means to you. Well, for me, first of all, can I just acknowledge for people who feel like they already don't have enough time to get through all the things that they really want to get through with their team. um, That's a real feeling, right? Because sometimes all we have is two hours a day or a couple hours a day. And some people don't even, some coaches don't even get to meet with their team mm-hmm. four or five, six times a week. So our time really is limited. And I can, I remember that feeling of, I don't even get to do all the things that I had in mind to do with my team. And now we want, you know, I know this mental thing is important, but it's like, when do we squeeze that in or how do we incorporate that? I know that's a question that many coaches ask. And it was one that I used to, think about too but I love that part so much that I would just throw it in all the time anyway the the difference between that and now though is that since I first started coaching I've definitely learned a lot about the learning process in general as well as 
you know, just human beings and how human beings kind of work. So I'm and not super deep. I'm not a psychologist or anything like that. I'm not a counselor or therapist or anything, but I have learned just some basic concepts and I'm also not a teacher, right? I'm not like a certified or um, licensed or degree, you know, someone who has a degree in teaching. But I, in the process of deciding to homeschool my kids, these are things that I dove into and really wanted to learn more about because of that whole process. And what I realized now is that if I were coaching a softball team, which I'm no longer doing, I do still coach athletes, but I no longer coach like a team sport. Um, I realized that back then when I was coaching more frequently, more regularly, uh, specifically a softball team, I used to think of it as a separate component, right? It's like, okay, we've got hitting, we've got Mm -hmm. defense, we've got pitching, we've got catching and we've got mental game, like these, all these separate things that you practice separately. And what I, the way that I think about it now is that if, and when you develop a deeper understanding of how the learning process goes kind, you know, better understanding of that. And when you develop a deeper understanding of how human beings work, how they learn, how they respond to things, um, what drives them, that sort of thing. And, and again, just the very basic, now that I have that understanding, I look at the entire, okay, how do you coach the mental game and how do you quote unquote incorporate it very, very differently? Um, like you said, regard, like people think it's like, oh, this thing we have to add on to everything else that we're doing. And I think what you do a really good job of is helping coaches find ways to integrate it and just make it part of how they do things on a daily basis so that it's kind of all rolled into one and it's not a totally separate thing. And you help them find seamless ways to integrate it so that it doesn't really take up more time and it isn't complicated and it isn't stressful. And it's not like, yeah. Oh my goodness, one more thing I have to add to my plate. Right. So I'm curious for you, like what, what's one thing that you wish coaches could hear right now? The ones that feel like they're struggling, like they know it's important, but they really just haven't found a way to, they don't feel like they found a way to incorporate it. And they feel like they're failing quote unquote failing as far as like really coaching the mental game and really giving their team some skills. What are, what's something that you hope they could hear today? Yeah, that per usual, great question, Stacey. <laughs> I knew you'd flip this interview on me. Um, it's, not a new, it's a conversation. <laughs> I, I did give you a heads up that I might ask some questions too, because I'm really curious about your your thoughts and yes. your perspective as well. And I think it's helpful for everyone to hear. Yeah, and that's why I love talking with you. We bounce ideas off us and I just get more and more excited about what we do. Um, so actually, I just had a conversation today with a coach who has used our program and dove into it, used everything. She's like done all of our programs and been like really vocal and taking it all in. And when I asked her if she would give some feedback on it, she was like, oh, I just feel so bad. I, I really slacked. I haven't done anything. I'm like, wait, what? what are you talking about? I think we <laughs> set this, this bar of like, okay, well, I need to learn all these things. Like I got my master's in sports psych. It's, it's great. I'm very, very proud of masters. I put a lot of work into it, but what <laughs> I think the separation and like the intimidation that comes from it is, Oh God, I've got to learn all these things before I can teach it. When really mm-hmm. what the mental game is, is people. So you don't mm-hmm. have to start with all the the proven tactics and theories and strategies. Yeah, I'll give them to you. I'll teach you how to do that. We'll add them in as we go. But where the mental game starts is just the relationship. 
So it doesn't Mm. matter what your level of coaching experience, what your level of training, what your quote unquote real job is, even though we coaches (laughs) tend to throw a bunch of our heart and time into coaching, all you Mm -hmm. have to do to start coaching the mental game every single minute of your practice, every single minute of the game is just pay attention to the people. Mm, that's a really, really great tip. Can I, can I add what came up for me as you were mm-hmm, talking please. about that? So, so I think a lot of coaches, and I know for me when I first was kind of diving more into how do we incorporate this part, right? How do we coach the whole athlete, not just the physical skills and drills and all of that, because that's fun. Um, but how do we go beyond that, right? And so I was always interested in going beyond just the skills and drills and really into the person. And I think in the beginning, we learned so many, like, like you said, of the tactics and the strategies and the tools, right? There's like journaling and there's visualization and there's all this, you know, how mm-hmm. to breathe and anchors and all these things that are tools and strategies and tactics. But, and that's why I can get overwhelmed because it's like, well, there's so many great things that we could do, but I'm not going to teach all of that to my kids or how do I know which one's going to work and which one's not going to work for them. And it's, it's so much stuff, right? Like, how do, how do you fit all that in? Because that oh, does yeah. sound like an extra thing, right? Um, exactly. And I think you brought up something really important, um, not only just about relationships, because that's huge. Um, we could talk about that probably for an entire hour. <laughs> Our entire Next episode. episode will be. Um, but, yeah. <laughs> but what I was thinking was one of the most, one of the most powerful, impactful ways to really just get started is to learn for yourself, right? And to just dive into gaining that deeper understanding of, you know, how do human beings actually learn the lessons that they need to learn? And there's a lot of, you know, everybody's like, oh, we learned from failure, we learned from this, but it's like, okay, but there's a lot of people who failed and didn't learn much, right? right. So it's and not kept just failing. going through <laughs> failure. Yeah, exactly. And they and then they get beat up by it and then they give up and they're not they're not actually being able to how do you turn that into a lesson and all of that. But so for me it's like if if you just like you talked about that coach, it's like they took so much in and they were learning and they were absorbing all the information and and really developing their own understanding of it all and then felt like they weren't doing enough. It's like that mm-hmm. in and of itself is actually so much. Because if you have that and you allow that to like sink in, it that that will then affect the way that you do everything. And then it's not so much of like, okay, I have to add in this drill or I have to add in this thing. It's like when you have that deeper understanding of you starting to really grasp the concepts and have that basic framework, um, not just, okay, what tool, what drill, what, you know, like, do I journal? Do I visualize? Like, instead of that stuff, but like just the b- very basic frameworks and building blocks, and you've taken that all in, the understanding of that will then impact how you speak to your players and athletes, right? How you respond to their mistakes, which is what you're talking about with relationship and all mm-hmm. of that. Um, and once that starts happening, and your knowledge and the information that you have, and the, the way that you have come to understand human beings and human performance and human learning at a deeper and deeper level, it begins to impact how you coach overall. And then after that, it's like, okay, great tools, great tips, great drills. All of that stuff is like just kind of taking it further and further. But that very basic understanding allows you to just approach coaching as a whole very differently 
which can in and of itself produce different results, even if you didn't have all the wonderful drills that Melanie can give you, <laughs> or you didn't have all the wonderful worksheets or whatever it is that you want to use and whatever is what is that works for your athletes. But um, that very first step of the transformation within you and the learning within you then affecting how you coach, how you interact with your team, how you choose to help them learn, how you interact with them, how you even plan your practices, how you communicate with them, how you respond to different things that happen on the team. All of that begins to change because you have a different understanding than you did before you dove into all the stuff. Like that coach that you talked about that really dove in and just like absorbed a bunch of things. I think one thing they're overlooking is how that in and of itself has caused them to start thinking about the situations they encounter with their team differently already. And if you're doing that, that means you're probably taking different actions. And if you're taking different actions and your team is going to have also different results already. Does that make sense? Oh, totally. And I think another way to like frame it is we tell our girls all the time, control the controllables, yet we don't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We coaches Absolutely. are always Parents worried. Do. All Did the we time. Do <laughs> right? Yes. I find myself doing it already mm-hmm. with a toddler and an infant. Do I do enough? Am I paying enough attention? <laughs> Am I doing this right? Like, should I try this differently? Like, breathe. <laughs> Just mm-hmm. breathe. Because what's happening literally in that moment when I'm overthinking and wondering and doubting and worrying, mm. I'm in my mm-hmm. head and not focusing in the moment and hanging out with them. It's exactly yeah. what happens with our players. And it's it's just like we all have seen that athlete that has the most amazing, incredible swing, like it's just super technically awesome, mechanically great, but they get in the box, they can't hit because mentally they're just all over the place. And then we've seen those athletes who have far less than a perfect swing where you're like man there's holes everywhere um but but you know they just go into the box and have such confidence that they're gonna hit the ball like they it doesn't even bother them that their swing is imperfect um and they have a certain mindset and approach mentally as they get into the box and they will often outperform the other athlete that has the most beautiful swing ever but then what they're approaching it all in ways that are not helpful and serving to them. And it's the same thing when we coach, right? It's like at the very fundamental basic level, if you're just getting started, it's like it's less about which strategy, which tool, if you're perfect, you're, you know, your coaching mechanics, if you will, are perfect, but how are you approaching it, right? How are you coming into that space? What mindset are you carrying yourself? What are you demonstrating? Like you said, right? We tell them to control the controllables, but then someone else does something and we just lose our we're like we're like all out of sorts because someone else that we can't control did something that was like made things harder for everybody else and we're like telling them to bounce back telling them to stay positive telling them to control their controllables and yet we're the ones getting bent out of shape over things that we actually don't have control over and so and coaches have different ways of coaching there's lots of different styles um but I definitely believe like with just about anything you are your most powerful asset, coaching asset. And how you choose to show up and be is is super powerful. And yes, there are coaches that can preach one thing and do another and still get results. But imagine how much more impactful they could be if they actually lived what they said, (laughs) right? Right. And I just think that's such a a simple, um, and it sounds 
maybe cliche, but to be the change or to be the example and lead by example. And some people feel like, well, that's not enough because like I do all the right things and still people around me aren't, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, I guess that, like I've heard people complain about that before, right? They're like, well, I'm always positive and my team just this and that or the other thing. And right. and sometimes I wish I could spend the day there and, and observe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and because I've, I've been, I've had that same thought, like, man, I'm the most, you know, grateful person and my child is not, you know, I don't see that right. The way that I think that it should look. And I'm like, how did that even happen? Cause I'm doing it. Well, how come they're not doing it? But if I looked really, really closely, I could definitely find areas where I wasn't being the best example to them. And it was in the things that really, it was in those moments that actually made the bigger impression on them than what I do. Like, you know, being thankful to other people or, whatever the case may be, but like in my interactions with my own child, right? Like, okay, they did the chores and I'm like, okay, good. You're supposed to do that. You know, like Mm -hmm. I had that attitude of, you don't get special treatment because you did what you were supposed to do. That was my attitude. And I know a lot of people think that way, (laughs) but when I was, you know, when that was coming up and I'm like, man, why do I feel like I have the most ungrateful child? Like she asked me to do something. I did it. And it's like, I get, you know, just like, that wasn't even the one that I asked you to bring or whatever. But then when I looked at my interactions, it was the same way, right? It was like, I asked her to do something. She would do it. But if it wasn't exactly to my specifications of what I asked, it wasn't like, Oh, thank you so much for doing that. I appreciate it. It was like, but this is not what I told you to do. Right. I said this, this, and this, and you did that, this and that, you know, the other thing. So that was super eye opening for me because I thought I was being a really fantastic example. But if I looked really, really closely and interactions that really mattered to her, the most I wasn't being the greatest example (laughs) so and then it came back it was reflected back to me and I was like what's going on um and that was really eye-opening and hard to swallow at first but also really cool because that's something so easy for me to change um so that that part of it's hard sometimes to take a look in the mirror but when you do it such a it makes things so much easier because you you there are things that you can control and there are things that you can change, um, usually. And so if you're willing to take a look at that, sometimes it's uh, not the most comfortable thing. <laughs> sometimes it's like, oh, man, that's, that's tough to do. And it's tough to admit or it's a tough pill to swallow. But it also gives you so much more opportunity to make the kind of impact you actually want to make and to really be someone very, very different in the lives of the kids that you coach. And the the only reason I'm even talking about it is because I believe that's the kind of person that tunes into mental sweet spot to begin with. Like they really care, (laughs) you know, and they really want to have a long lasting, meaningful impact, not just in softball, but for these athletes and these young women or men who have, you know, if you're not coaching softball, if you coach another sport too, um, but in their lives for the long term. So, Yeah. I totally agree with that. Every single person who I've talked to who says they listen to the show, like they are our people. Like they're they're here for right. the kids, for the development piece, for helping them through. And I think that's my main goal for this episode is to show that you're already doing it. And mm-hmm. you can do it more by just being the best version of you. And then you can add in all the other fun bells and whistles. Yeah, as it makes sense to do. Mm-hmm. And 
And when you're when you're bringing that part up, um, I just recently listened to another podcast, and it was the same concept of you know the first step of being more. They were talking about being creative, and was saying was like already you need to already just start noticing all the times that you already are that right. So you're even talking about like you're already doing it, but sometimes you don't even have that awareness of how much you're already mm-hmm. doing, um, yeah. and and then how you can do more. And I think that the concept of baby steps has been really, (laughs) has been a big thing recently for me. And I think that sometimes we feel like if we're not doing like this whole big, massive mental game program with our team, then we're not doing it at all. And I feel like it's so much simpler to start, like you said, start doing more and more over time as Mm -hmm. it makes sense to you, as it makes sense to your team. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's really powerful, even if it's not like, okay, we have this really sophisticated mental game training program that our kids do for six weeks of the preseason. And then we, you know, like Mm -hmm. it doesn't even have to be that complex. So I love that you bring up, you know, that recognition of how much you're already doing. um, And the idea of allowing yourself to just go step by step and add a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more as it makes sense to you and your team. Yeah. And that's, that's been the biggest thing for us changing the way we're going to deliver our product. We had the dream team Mm. blueprint, which was step by step, which my like analytical mind loves (laughs) (laughs) puzzles. I love things that fit neatly. And every single person who's gone through the program, like without being disappointed in it, they have all given us great feedback, but they all came back with like, yeah, it was a lot. We didn't cover it all. And then like, you can hear right. the tone of like disappointment. And I'm thinking like, right. that's fine. I threw so much in there. Like, I'm not surprised. It's totally fine. So now yeah. <laughs> the restructure yeah. is, hey, yes, we've got all the fundamentals in here for you. We, we cover all the topics, but now it's just going to be based on what you need in that moment, what your girls need, what happened mm-hmm. that weekend, what's coming up in the next weekends, what's the makeup of your team, what does this one player you really need to help, <laughs> what does she need? Right. That's coaching. Right. It's not a step-by-step Yeah, it's not a cookie program. cutter, right? Mm-mm. Yeah. Yeah. I love, I love what you've just brought up about all those questions that you asked because instead of a coach taking – you know, some recipe and just throwing it at their team, right? You're, that willingness to every single week or every single day or what, you know, whatever it is to take a look at what is my team struggling with right now? What is it that they need? What's the one thing we can do that's going to give us the biggest bang for our buck, if you will, right? The most impactful thing. Mm-hmm. Um, what is this particular athlete needing at this time? And really kind of diving into that core and, and paying attention to your athletes in that way and really and really just kind of seeing their need in the moment and meeting that need over and over and over again right. is pretty it's very simple but it's like it, and it gives you that dynamic of we're coaching human beings right we're mm-hmm. not just throwing a computerized program <laughs> at a bunch of robots and right. <laughs> from team to even even with the same principles like from team to team it can look very differently mm-hmm. or even from athlete to athlete on your team it can look very differently. And yes, that's probably a lot more work. <laughs> it's mm. probably a lot more work. Um, I have a theory on this. But, well, okay. Well, I'm saying oh, in the, in your brain, it's like, oh yeah. my gosh, this is so much easier. I could just do it. It's this way. Right. 
Um, mm-hmm. But I, I think I probably agree with your theory. Tell me what your theory is. Yeah. So the more I've gone through this, because I want the step-by-step, I want the ingredients, right? Who doesn't? The whole part. Wouldn't it be lovely to plug this in every season and it'd be magic? What I found is trying to stick with the plan, trying to analyze and make sure you're on track, trying to make sure within that plan that you're hitting every individual is way more mentally taxing than just being mm. there, enjoying the, the company yeah. of your players, asking random questions mm-hmm. as they come up, and trusting your instinct. I think we mm. vastly underutilize our subconscious. It's gonna get a little mm-hmm. woo-woo here, but like think of all the brain that we don't use <laughs> actively. Right. Like it's there, it's doing something. That's your gut. It's collecting information constantly. constantly. If you're yeah blocking your brain from actually taking in the information by trying to think of, okay, what's next on my agenda? Because <laughs> I would look mm-hmm. like, how many minutes do I have left? Do I need to check my watch? Do I need to do this? I was missing out on yeah. so much information in front of me, in the right. body language of my players, in the interactions between them, in the way they reacted after a rep, in the questions they mm. were asking us. Like That's mm. the real information that will get you to where you need to go. And it's much simpler if you just allow that all to come in, sift through it at the end. Like, okay, I heard this like eight times today. We need to focus on this tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) I have eight players saying they don't know how to run relays. So, okay, that's the thing. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I, I, this is something that comes up, I think, um, in any, any position of leadership where, we have a plan, right? There's there's definitely a plan and there's definitely goals and all those things. But at the same time, like like you're talking about since the beginning of this this episode about relationship and being present, um, you know, there's there's a there's a point where it's like you can talk to a player about a really important concept all day long, but if that's not something that's actually relevant to them on that day, they probably aren't even going to absorb it at yes. all. And yes. yeah. And so when you're actually talking to them about like what's on their mind, what are they worried about? What are they afraid of? If there's anything, any of that going on, what are they worried about and concerned about going into the next week or the next tournament or what have you. And you actually allow them to express that. And you're like, look, here's what we're going to do in practice today. And it addresses all of these things. Like we got you, right? Like we've, we've gonna, we're going to take care of all of that. We're going to work on all of that. And we're going to, you guys are going to be prepared. Um, them being able to express what's on their mind. And then knowing that like the practice plan actually relates to all of that and incorporates mm-hmm. all of that to whatever degree um, can do a lot for their frame of mind in and of itself versus like okay here's a because just coming in and be like here's the practice plan because we're playing these people and this is what we need to do and just going and you have no idea what's on their mind or you have no idea what's coming up yeah. for them that week uh-huh. <laughs> right here's and what you sucked like, out You're last week that i wrote they're down. somewhere else like, <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> yeah and and this happens even with parents a lot because i talk to a lot of parents of younger kids right toddlers and whatnot like you have and they're always like well what's you know, is it age appropriate to expect this? And I'm thinking to myself, like, does it really matter though? Like (laughs) if it's age appropriate or not, like if your kid is struggling with this right now, why not just help them go forward? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, and it's like coaches going, well, 
I shouldn't like high school coaches. I've seen coaches of high school age groups being like, I shouldn't have to go over that. They should already know this. I'm like, yeah, but if they don't, <laughs> if they don't know that taking a lead off third base, we should be in foul territory. Mm-hmm. Then you need to teach it to like give them right. the opportunity to learn it. It doesn't matter if they should already know it. If they don't know it and you're coaching them right now, and this is a skill that they, you know, a knowledge that they need to have, then we need to coach it. Like we mm-hmm. need to be able to give that to them. So it doesn't really matter like what the plan is supposed to be or where they should be or what they should know by now or any of that or what you had in mind for the entire season. Like it's great to lay that out, but then it's also super important to be present and to be aware of what's going on right now so that you can teach what's relevant (laughs) in that moment and take care of what your team actually needs Mm -hmm. right now versus you know, the preconceived plan that you had. And sometimes it works out beautifully and sometimes you have to, you know, make adjustments. But (laughs) in in games, right? In games, we have a game plan, but it's a team that can adjust, make the adjustments the quickest that usually comes out on top throughout a game. So have a plan and be willing to make those adjustments and just really pay attention. And like you said, like we're always collecting data information, noticing things all around us. And if we allow ourselves to like actually access that <laughs> and yeah. sometimes at first it's just a feeling right? you're like, Oh no, I just have this feeling, but actually it's a lot of collected data like you've been talking about mm-hmm. and, and things that you've observed over time and learned and seen with your team. And it's actually not just a feeling. Um, it's more than that, but in the moment, that's what it kind of feels like. So we're like, Oh, I don't know if we should, you know, like the textbook play is this and my feelings is this, but that's just the feeling. So, you know, yeah. you need to try to like overthink it, like you said. Right. And, and it sometimes like, I don't know, it's so much more fun when you actually pay attention to all those little details and you actually allow all of that in and, and in doing so, like being able to your gut that you called it, whatever your intuition or your instinct, mm-hmm. they actually, you get better and better at recognizing when it's on, when it's off, when it, you know what I'm saying? Like when it's yeah. real or when it's just fear or when it's this, that, or the other thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but that doesn't happen if you don't actually like go with that at times. Right. And yeah, sometimes you're going to make the wrong call, but that can happen all day long or sometimes it's the right call. It just doesn't work out. (laughs) You know, the other team makes a great play or whatever. Like that Mm -hmm. happens. That's the beauty of sports. Um, Sometimes the annoyance of it, but (laughs) (laughs) but really that's just the beauty of it. Right. It's not so predictable to where it's like the underdog has no chance. Like on Mm -hmm. any given day, anything can happen. So that's what makes it fun. Exactly. Well, the underdog doesn't have a chance if they don't adjust. So... And they have a terrible mindset. And right. So it proves our point. <laughs> and all this stuff. Yes. Because everyone yeah. wants to be the underdog. Like, that's a mindset. <laughs> hmm Yeah. And I've seen that in action. Have you seen that before? Oh, where amazing. Where another team, yes, on paper, they're supposed to win. Mm-hmm. They have the better recruits or whatever it is. But they're actually not that much better. Like, player mm-hmm. for player, if you were to line it up, the difference isn't that significant but when they're seen as like the better team and the team that you know you're on or maybe the other team that I don't know is seen as like we're not supposed to beat them because I've seen this happen so many times like they can the team that feels like they're not supposed to win can be winning in the fifth inning and they're still worried Mm -hmm. whereas the other side they can be losing in the fifth inning and they're like 
we still gossip. Like they have no worry about, <laughs> exactly. you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I've seen that happen so many times and I've been in the dugout on both sides and it's mm-hmm. so, it's kind of a trip to, <laughs> to yes. observe, but you know, I, I've had that situation. I played with a better team and then I was coaching shortly after the other side. And I was like, you guys, I know all of those players there are, you guys are actually not so much worse than them, you know, but mm-hmm. the difference is like you were up by four runs in the later innings and all of you are like, Oh my goodness, do you think you can win? Like you still were like, thought you were going to lose. And I guarantee <laughs> you on the other side, they're down by four and they're like confident. They knew they were still going to win. Mm-hmm. So who do you think is actually going to win? Like yep. it, it's so it's your, yeah, your mindset definitely matters. What you're, what you're choosing to think and how you're choosing to look at situations matters and not just for the athletes, but for the coaches too. Right. And God, I have like, as you're saying this, I've got this game like going through my head where the other team really <laughs> was better. Like fantastic athletes could crush mm-hmm. the ball up and down the lineup. Like mm. we had scrappy kids. Like, mm. like it wasn't the same talent level wise if you did all these new measurements they have coming out, right? <laughs> Spin rates, right. a yeah. bunch of angles. We would lose on all of those. However, mm-hmm the girls came out that day and I was so proud. This was when I was pregnant. So I'm like in the dugout, like this is amazing. (laughs) (laughs) But they won on mindset. Mm. They, and I think it comes down to expectations, no matter what your point of view is, (laughs) like where you started the game, their expectation was like, why not? And we didn't like all of Mm -hmm. a sudden hit amazing and pitch. Like we've never pitched before. Like, our girls showed up as best they could. We got some dinks in there, but they were like going crazy mm-hmm. for every dink. And then they capitalized on it. And then they kept going and we made things happen. And I was so proud of that team because it was mindset that beat a team that was mm-hmm. better than us. So like mm-hmm. that happens. And if you want to go flip side, it was their mindset. Who let that happen? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's really, it's really an interesting, I don't know. I mean, as much as I love playing the game itself, like the mental component of it, and even like the emotional skills, right? It's not just mental skills, but like mental and emotional right. skills go together. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just so fascinating because I'm sure anyone who's been involved in sports for any length of time has, has seen the upset, right? Or seen that at work and how incredible it is. And you can put in all of the physical hours all week long and work your butt off. And we've seen this a bunch of times too, like the athletes that do that or the teams that do that. And they just still don't have the mental skills and the emotional Mm -hmm. skills to really compete like they need to when it matters most. And it's just, it, it's just such an important component. Like you can have all of the physical skills and still fail because you don't have the mental, emotional stuff Mm -hmm. and you can have, not all the physical skills you need, but if you have that other part, like you can succeed. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's just like, man, you've got to, you've got to put that in because all the physical skills in the world without that don't work. And Mm -hmm. you can have less than perfect physical skills, but if you have that part, like you can do a lot and you can go really far. So, and that's something that's so controllable, the mental and emotional part of things Like you can work that daily. You can grow in that every single day. And it's something that you can choose to do throughout the day multiple times a day so there's, <laughs> exactly everything you know <laughs> it's so fun too yeah everything all day long like 
especially if you have children, if you're listening to this and you're coaching, you have kids, your yeah, children give you, you opportunities it. all day long, <laughs> <laughs> all day long to practice mm-hmm. your mental game, right? And your mm-hmm. ability to stay calm under pressure and to handle adversity and to mm-hmm. deal with someone who may disagree with you in the moment or be upset and mad and emotional or hangry or whatever, you know, whatever happens. (laughs) I mean, they throw it all at us. Our players will do the same because they're human beings too. Mm -hmm. Our coaches, you know, who we work with, um, we're all human. So we're all going to have our own moments and being able to deal with human beings in a way that allows them to grow and allows them to um, just, take ownership of their own journey as well and feel supported in that is such mm-hmm. a beautiful thing and, and so important, which is why we do what we do, right? It's like mm-hmm. the ultimate, like we don't even have to have a team and we get to do this yes. all day, every day, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. So with a lot of different people. So that's why we love it so much. Yes. And, oh, and it works. It works. <laughs> like if you're wondering if like, oh, it still totally. sounds like a lot, it works. So I want to bring yeah. it back around. Because this is like coming for full circle. I love this. So let's take that example uh, of the team who lost because of mentality. We've all been there. Should have won that Mm -hmm. game. And it was the mental Mm -hmm. game that blew it. How does that coach deal with it the minute after the game all the Mm. way up till the next practice? What are some tips that you could give based on all the things to talk about being present, focusing on yourself as the coach, yeah, um, focusing on just teaching humans, listening, questioning, what are some things that you can do from that moment that are simple, that are yeah. totally doable right now? I think um, a lot of times when people ask questions like this, they want like, like you, like, step one, step two, step three, what's the script? What do I say? <laughs> you know, like the no. exact. There's no scripts. Um, <laughs> Maybe bullet points, but no scripts. <laughs> so, right. <laughs> so what comes to mind for me, and I know a lot of people have taken the stance of like, we don't do real like long post-game talks. A lot of people have transitioned into keeping it brief and actually addressing everything in practice later, which is something that I've been on both ends of that as far as being on coaching staff where we had the longest, post-game talks you could ever imagine and I was like I'm a coach and I'm like when are we going to get out of here like this is taking forever when you as a coach start playing with the grass that's a problem (laughs) yeah I know and and we've my our children have had coaches who drew it out and and we've also been on the flip side of that of where it's like you know you keep it brief and to the point and and let's tackle everything in practice I think um the same concept that I often share with parents is, is a powerful thing, even in this moment, which is the love concept of LUV, which is listen, understand, and validate. Um, after a game, I think it's a great time to listen because there's a lot of feelings going on. There's a lot of thoughts going in, you know, through your players' heads. And it could be a great time to just let them express one simple thing uh, with you that they're feeling in the moment and take that in and don't fix it right you don't have to fix it in that moment but That's like huge don't hearing try it, to fix it validating it yeah we're not <laughs> fixing right now listen understand validate it there's no f for fix or c for correct um you know or or a for overanalyze and like Love deconstruct it. and reconstruct like none of that right it's just listen 
be understanding, even if you don't really understand how they could possibly feel what they're feeling, or maybe you don't agree for whatever reason. Um, you can still um, empathize. You can, <laughs> yes, you can be understanding, even if you don't fully understand like where they're coming from in the moment. And then just, you know, and then the validation part and being able to do that in that moment, not only gives them a chance to express and let out some stuff, because I think athletes in general are so good at game face a lot of times, like really competitive ones that they rarely ever actually express things in a healthy way. Um, Mm -hmm. So being able to give them a space, a safe space to do that, it's kind of cool. And then just that, ability as a coach to stay present and even killed um a steady presence and really hear their athletes and give their, their athletes that feeling of being heard and understood and then taking all of that and they're, you're, they're, when your players know that they've been heard and listened to and that their feelings in that moment are valid whether people agree or not I think then they're more able the next day or whenever you get back to practice to be ready to move forward. Cause it's like, okay, I've been able to express my, what I felt in that moment. Um, and sometimes that's enough for an athlete to move on, right. It's just to be able mm-hmm. to say it and get it out. And then like, okay, I'm going to be ready to work the next time. Um, other times it's like, they don't really want to talk about it. And everyone else is who's bringing it up. <laughs> right, right. And, and they can't, they can't really move on because it's like they're trying to, but then their coaches or the parents or everyone else is kind of revisiting where they were. So really having a space where it's like very simple, brief, like we're not going to go into therapy or anything after a game for hours and hours. It's like, mm-hmm. you have, you know, just give that opportunity to say one or two what's the top of mind thing right now like give everybody a chance to express it hear it out we're not going to debate it we're not gonna right. right we're not gonna go like well point fingers start pointing fingers or who's right who's wrong or having a debate over what anyone's thoughts or feelings are it's like it's just a place to put it in that safe container allow it to just be there and we're all going to come back to the next practice and and get back to work yeah like a a lot of times, I don't know what, I'm curious what your experience was and all, but um, for me, like there was rarely anything that a coach or my dad, for that matter, said uh-huh. after a game that I yep. hadn't already been through for myself <laughs> in my head. So I don't know if that's unusual because <laughs> I've mentioned that a few times and people were like, oh, really? Like you've never, you know, I was like, no, like Same. everything that has ever been brought up, right? Post game. Mm-hmm. you've already been through for yourself in, in your head as an athlete generally speaking um so I know that a lot of parents or coaches think like this is a quote-unquote teachable moment um <laughs> but a lot of times it's not really it as much of a teachable moment as we say. yeah exactly when you're right? sad, when talks about, like, if emotionally you, charged if you learn yeah. about how learning actually happens that's not really a teachable moment <laughs> you think it is but it's actually not Um, And we try to do all of our teaching in those moments where emotions are high. And it's like, that's not actually where the learning happens though. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and, and a lot of parents or coaches feel like, but I have to like, I have to nip it in the bud or I have to like make sure they learn their lesson now, like while it's still hot and fresh and this Mm -hmm. and that, but it's like, but that's their brains are not even in that Mm -hmm. mode in that moment. So 
it really doesn't actually <laughs> right. it doesn't actually work very well. Yes, that is your so most it, important job to help them get better. No, that moment is yeah. not now. <laughs> Which I learned the hard way as well. <laughs> you learned the hard way. <laughs> oh yeah. And I think we all I think we all do, right? Like mm. we we come into coaching with the best of intentions and lessons learned from when we were coached. And there were Mm -hmm. things that I learned growing up that I was like, I'm going to do this differently. And I did, but there was still so much to learn. And I think that new coaches or newer coaches or coaches who are feel like they're less experienced. um, Right. Coaches who are adjusting their style. Right. Right. Or adjusting their style. I think it's pretty, um, pretty safe to say that just about every single coach learns along the way. And a lot of us made choices and, and mistakes that, you know, when we were there that we would never do now. Yeah. And I don't think that it, I don't think any coach starts off perfectly. Like we all learn along the way and it's okay to get to a point where like, man, I would never do that <laughs> anymore, yeah. you know, and look back and be like, Oh my goodness. I can't mm-hmm. believe I used to do things that way, but we all learn over time. And, and at first, when I learned how I could do better, I would be really frustrated with coaches who weren't there yet, right? Or were still very, like, just loud and using their power to kind of dominate their players to get them to do what they wanted. Mm-hmm. But the truth is, I used to be there. Like, I did that to a certain degree, you know, because I thought that was an effective way to do things. And it used to frustrate me to still see it. Um, and there was a, a way that aren't, isn't helpful to assume that you're just a bad coach, right? Or you're just stuck in your ways is unfair. And certainly if you're listening to this, it sounds like you're open to learning because otherwise you wouldn't sit here, you know, listening to a podcast right. on coaching the mental game. Um, so clearly you're open to learning. And I think it's awesome that, you know, Mel, you and a lot of other people in our space are providing as many opportunities as possible for coaches to tap in, to learn, to grow, to connect and give themselves that time because none of us come into coaching perfect. (laughs) And, you know, 20 years in, it's like, man, there's still so much to learn. And I know that there are a lot of coaches who've been coaching out there for a long time and they are some of the, you know, they're always learning too. And they will readily admit that it never ends. The learning never ends. So it's super awesome to be in a community like the Mental Sweet Spot group and just this community within youth sports where so many people are committed to really doing the very best they can by their athletes or their team organization, however it is that they're involved. Um, and even parents, I see so many parents who are asking questions that honestly, I don't think I would have ever asked <laughs> like <laughs> 10 years ago. So it's really awesome when I see parents who have young children and they're asking great questions already of how can I do better? Because I know that what I'm doing isn't helping, even though I want to help. And that's my intention. Like it's not helping and I don't know what else to do. And they come and ask and coaches are doing the same thing. And I think it's a beautiful thing that they're so willing to learn and they're willing to admit that. I don't know what else to do and I don't know um, what else is possible. And I'm looking for the answer because I've had the experience of inviting coaches to events and some of them are offended that I'm asking them if they want to come to a clinic. Like 
it's as if I'm insulting their their cooking. Oh, man. Um, no. You know what I'm saying? Like I've had that mm-hmm. experience before, and I'm I. It's just super awesome to see people that are in the mental sleep spot group or in the community that is so obviously willing to learn and grow. That it's it's wonderful to see coaches out there who are you know, have their heart in it for the right reasons, they're coaching for the right reasons, they're making choices, you know, for their athletes and not just for their own ego. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And um, seeing them come to the podcast, seeing them go through your program, seeing them go through the various other resources that are out there and watching them apply what they learn and make adjustments is just amazing. And I am so inspired by all of those coaches that are out there doing the work because I'm not like I know you're probably going to go back soon though but I'm not really I'm not really intending to jump back into actual team coaching space anytime soon Mm -hmm. I'm coaching strength strength class with a high school team which is still coaching athletes and still super fun um but I have a lot of gratitude for all of the coaches who are coaching youth sports or high school sports or even college sports whatever level that you're at and all the time and effort that you put in, especially if you come and are constantly diving into your own personal development as well. We appreciate you so much. And that is it for today's episode. Again, a reminder that we did go long and we kept talking, so I'll bring her back on next week. Now I've got a question for you. Are you ready to commit to coaching the mental game? Hopefully now it's not as overwhelming because the entire theme of this episode was to keep it simple. It's about people and you're already doing that as a coach because you care about your players. So give yourself some credit. Now, if you want to level up your mental game coaching and easily access the resources to give your girls exactly what they need when they need it, join us in the Softball Mental Training membership. For those of you who signed up for the waitlist last week, high five. Your go-getterness will be rewarded. And for anyone who dragged their feet or simply lost track of time, the waitlist is now closed. But don't worry, we have good news. Thanks to some grandparent support for childcare from myself, we'll actually be able to open the doors a whole month ahead of schedule for those who believe if you're not early, you're late. And I know there are a lot of you out there. So our special for early bird members is that you get advanced access to the resources and our expertise while there are less people in the membership. You'll also be invited to a live practice planning workshop where we'll take your favorite practice plans and actually look at them and see where we can add more mental training into them in a way that suits you and your coaching style. After that, you'll also be sent a practice plan packet based on all the ones that we went over. And most excitingly, you get in on the ground level to help shape the membership for exactly what you need. We have a ton in there already that was in our step-by-step blueprint, but now it's gonna be a la carte, a bunch of courses, a bunch of resources, videos, activities, drills, challenges that you can pick and choose and search as you need. And then you can also let us know if there's something else you want, something else that your particular girls need, something else that you would like for your coaching style. To learn more about this membership and claim your early bird specials, head to mentalsweetspot.com forward slash membership. That's all we got for today. Thanks for joining us and have a good one.